Good morning, and welcome to the Pastor Jay podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Julius Stevens, and uh, I want to welcome you to the many of you that join us every Thursday morning, to the many of you that watch us later on uh, YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for your positive comments, and uh, I hope that this has been a blessing to you. We've been talking several weeks. The umbrella or the umbrella of this uh, podcast is, is getting at the heart of God. And we want to know the heart of God as Jesus Christ shared that, that heart with us uh, throughout the time that he was on the earth. And today, and like last week, we've been talking about what does it really mean to be a new creation in Christ Jesus? You know, you hear Christians talk about the word born again, that he's a born again Christian, or I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Just what exactly does that look like? And I'm excited as, as we share today and to give us an idea of who we are in Christ Jesus. And um, like I've said on several occasions, I, I think that the message of Jesus Christ has been stolen. I believe the message of Jesus Christ has been blurred. I believe the message of Jesus Christ has been used and abused. And what I'm endeavoring to do is go back to that message of love that Jesus Christ told us to take to the whole world and, and, and get away from this weaponized Jesus, the Jesus who's against them and for us, the Jesus who says uh, this country is great but this country is not great, that I'm blessing this country, but I'm not blessing this country. This Jesus that we talk about that says this political party I'm for and this political party I'm against. Uh, this race of people I'm for, this race of people I'm against. Uh, these, these type people I'm for, these type, none of that has anything to do with Jesus Christ. And yet people have stolen his message and used it for their own selfish ends. So we're going to look at that today. Second Corinthians 5, seven, I mean, let me have a word of prayer before we get started. Always like to start in prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you for another day that you have made. We're rejoicing and be glad in it. I thank you for all the people that have tuned in, whether watching live or watching at some other date. Father, continue to watch over them, protect them, lead them, guide them. And as I share today, all of you and none of me, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength, and you are my redeemer. 2 Corinthians 5.17, we're talking about what does it really mean when you say you are a new creation in Christ Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.17, the apostle Paul, <clears throat> who had gone through this amazing transformation in his life, the apostle Paul, who uh, in his previous, uh, I shouldn't say previous life, it's not like he lived two different lives, but in his previous, in his younger life, before he met Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road, he was very educated in understanding the Mosaic law. He was called a Pharisee. And it was his, he felt it was his job to protect the Mosaic law and anyone that came against it. He was so zealous for the Mosaic law that anybody who came against the Mosaic law, he thought that they were worthy of death. 
In fact, the people that killed Jesus Christ had the same belief that Paul had is that nobody is going to come against the Mosaic law and teach Jews anything other than what they had already believed about the Mosaic law. And then Paul met Jesus on the Damascus Road. And uh, we won't take the time to turn there. You can find that in the book of Acts. I believe it's around seven, eight, or nine, the chapter where he's having, uh, he had this Damascus Road experience and a voice out of heaven said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he was like, what do you mean I'm persecuting you? I'm stopping these followers of Jesus Christ who are trying to come against the, the writings and the teachings of Moses. Jesus basically was saying, that's me. You're killing my followers. And he has this experience. And Paul calls this after this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, as he, has re, as he is recounting or sharing this, this experience with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, he calls it a new creation. As if he was, uh, Jesus said this in John chapter three, when he said, you must be born again. Paul calls it a new creation in Christ Jesus. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17, <clears throat> he says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. And again, this is going to be crucial. We talked about this last year or last week, the, the, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, this may be kind of controversial, but that's okay. Uh, I, truth is controversial. Jesus never left us a Bible to follow. He never said that I'm going to leave you a Bible. They didn't have a Bible. The only Bible that they had at that time was Genesis through Malachi. And Jesus said, I came to fulfill all of those scriptures. And I'm going to take you in a new direction. And this new direction is going to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, John chapter 14, 15, 16, he says, look, I'm leaving, but don't be concerned about me leaving you. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and he will lead and guide you in all truth. Paul picks it up in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, 14. He says the children of God or the followers of Jesus Christ are led by the Holy Spirit. He never said they'd be led by the Bible. But what Christianity has done, as we have written the New Testament, we said that that is all we need to know about God. All we have to do is read these scriptures, and these scriptures will tell us all that we need to know. And that is so wrong. Because those scriptures that was left in the New Testament was to teach us how to be led by the Holy Spirit. It is not to look in the Bible and say, I can prove things by the Bible. I can prove things by scripture. I can prove things by scripture. No, he says it's not scripture that you're led by. It is the Holy Spirit and the scripture should be leading you to the leading and the follower of the Holy Spirit. And the way that you prove things is by what you know on the inside of you. That's why you can't argue scripture with people anymore. You can't debate over scripture 
because the Holy Spirit wants to lead you and it's not checking to see if you know scripture. Okay, I'm going on this rabbit trail. Even people, you ever did a study on Bibles? And there are so many Bibles out there. And finally, there are even several English Bibles out there. In my phone, I counted 34 translations of the Bible, just in my phone. And people swear, you know, it's the Bible, it's the Bible. No, it is the Holy Spirit that God left us. In fact, everything that Paul learned about God, he did not read in a Bible. He found out in Galatians chapter one, he wrote and said, I got this by the Spirit. No man taught me this. I didn't go to school. I went to school to learn the Old Testament. I went to school. I sat at the foot of Gamal and I learned what it was like, what it meant to be a Pharisee. And I learned what it meant to understand the Mosaic law. I learned the, about the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. I learned about the judges. I learned about all of those things. But he said, when it came to Jesus Christ, no man taught me anything. I learned all of this by the Spirit of God. And he realized that the, that the living word, which is the Spirit of God, should be here in our lives. And then we have the written word. And that the written word has to line up with the Spirit of God. What we've done is that we've turned it upside down and we made the written word the most important thing and the Spirit secondary. And now the Spirit has to submit to the written word, which is so backwards, which is so just the opposite of what Jesus told us to do. Jesus was constantly challenging them with the written word. There I go, all off my notes. Jesus constantly challenged people with the written word of the Old Testament. And he would ask them, basically, does this make sense? He would say, I am not arguing with you scripture. But does it make sense if somebody is sick that you say you can't heal them on the Sabbath day? He said, does that make sense? Yeah, but the scripture said that we shouldn't do any work on the Sabbath day. But he said, does that make any sense? They said, no, not really. Does it make any sense that if you have a, a, a animal, one of your animals who's trapped inside of a ditch, and if you don't get him out, someone is going to either steal that animal or someone or another animal is going to come and kill that animal? Does it make sense to leave them in the ditch on the Sabbath day? No, that doesn't make sense. Does it make sense? Man, the Bible is so full of things that Jesus questioned them and said, does that make sense? You know, in Luke chapter 9, uh, the, the James and John, they believe that God killed people every time they're sinned. Stay with me. We're, we're going to look at all of this stuff. They believe that every time or a lot of times when people sin, God would come down and kill them. And so they were reading in 2 Kings where Elijah prayed, said he prayed to God and fire came down and, and it killed a whole town. And so they're with Jesus. Who is God walking the earth? Who is walking the ultimate walk in the spirit of God is Jesus Christ. And so <clears throat> here they are. The Samaritans don't want to hear what Jesus have to say. And they asked Jesus, shall we rain down fire and kill him? And Jesus said, wait a minute, what kind of, again, does that make sense? I'm here to save people. I'm not here to kill people. Yeah, but that's what God did. Maybe God didn't do it. 
maybe God didn't do it. And, and in fact, insurance companies, I'm, I'm all off my notes. I promise maybe we'll get back. But even insurance companies, you ever hear insurance companies say an act of God, a volcano, an earthquake, a tornado, or hurricane, some natural, a wildfire. And they'll say, well, that's an act of God. And maybe even the insurance company will say, we don't cover floods. They might tell you, you're on your own. We're not going to cover you because that's an act of God. Well, why in the world would the insurance company call this disaster an act of God? Because they heard Christians call acts of God fires and floods and storms and all those things. They say that those were acts of God in the Old Testament, killing sin. But again, ask the common sense questions. Natural disasters, what we some people call natural, a lot of that is just weather. Volcanoes. That's that. that that's a geological situation we got going on. We're platelets underneath the ground. They're rubbing together. They get hot. Uh, they, they turn into molten lava, and this lava explodes into a volcano, and it will kill anyone in its wake. We said, God did that. God did that. And so they picked up on it. Every Where did they get that from? They got that from Christians. And then Jesus shows up. He said, I don't kill anybody. I'm not sending any storms. I'm not causing any earthquakes. I'm not causing any volcano. I am not here to kill people. I'm here to save people because I am the representative of God on the earth. Let me see if I can segue back, segue back into what we're talking about. And that's what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, is that we see God in a totally, from a totally different point of view. Let me see if I can get through this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual conditions have passed away. Behold, new things have come because, watch this now, spiritual, spiritual awakening brings new life. You are spiritually awoke. And what does that mean? that I can understand God. I can have a revelation of God. We read this uh, last week in John uh, 1.18, how uh, when John, when he's explaining uh, Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth and uh, in the Amplified, it says, Jesus is the only one that can explain God. Jesus is the only one uh, that could interpret God. Jesus is the only one that could model God. Jesus was God's model walking the earth. And then we want to know what God is like. We look at Jesus. And now all of our understanding of who Jesus Christ is, I don't care what's written in the Bible. I don't care what somebody says. It has to line up with the life of Jesus Christ. That's what it lines up with. And Jesus Christ did not, he refused to kill anybody, even the people that were killing him. So when we say uh, God did all of these things in the Old Testament, I'm not questioning that if there was no, I'm not questioning whether there was a volcano. I question whether God sent it. 
I'm not questioning whether there was a volcano or, or a fire or a natural fire, wildfires, all the stuff that we see today that the insurance call company called Acts of God. I don't question any of those things happen or whether there was a flood. I question whether God did it. I say I question whether God did it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense that God would kill people because of their sin? Jesus showed up and he says, I'm God. I don't kill people for their sins. I forgive people that sin. And that's the way that I want my followers to treat people. I am love. I am the God of love. And everything that I do for people, I treat them with love. I love my enemies. I bless those that curse me. I do good to those that hate me. I pray for those that despitefully use me. Everything that I do is a reflection of love. And anyone that is teaching anything, it has to go through the filter of love. And if it can't pass through the filter of love, I have to dismiss it, question it, uh, give me a different explanation, but that doesn't, that is not God. Mm. In Galatians chapter 11 or one, Paul, I, I'm going to, I've got a lot of scripture I want to read. In Galatians chapter one, the apostle Paul is talking about his transformation into becoming this new creature in Christ Jesus. And he says this, Galatians chapter 1, 11 through 24. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. He said, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, or was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, how, how did I get, how, how did I understand the Mosaic law? People taught it to me. Another man taught me. I sat at the feet of Gamal, and Gamal taught me the Mosaic law. He taught me Genesis through, they taught me Genesis through Malachi. But what I'm getting ready to tell you, I did not get this out of a book. I did not get this out of a Bible. I got this from the Holy Spirit. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. He says, I, I, you heard about me. You, you heard what a terror I was. I was out to kill uh, these followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I believe in the Mosaic law. I believed in Genesis through Malachi. And if anybody came against Genesis through Malachi, as far as I'm concerned, we should kill them. And it was okay with God because I was doing God a favor. And I was advanced in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my father. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. He said the Holy Spirit, he revealed Jesus to me. I had never known Jesus. I did not recognize Jesus in the Old Testament scriptures. All I, all I thought life was supposed to be an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If people sin, they get punished. Well, I got law and punishment. That's all I thought God thought of people. But Jesus gave me a totally new 
picture, a view, and an understanding of who God is. In order, I'm, if you're just joining me, I'm reading Galatians chapter 1, 11 through 24, and Paul is explaining this transformation he made and to becoming this new creation in Christ Jesus. He says, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. How long did he go to Arabia? Then after three years in Arabia, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas or Peter and remained with him 15 days. He said, where you been? Where you been, Paul? I've been three years in Arabia. What have you been doing? I've been listening to the Holy Spirit. The one that Jesus said would lead and guide me into all truth. I don't have a Bible. All I have is what the Holy Spirit has put on the inside of me. Verse 19, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, he says, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith. He once tried to destroy, and they glorify God because of me. Why? Because I had gone through this transformation. The Holy Spirit did it. I said, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of me, he speaks to me and he shows me things about God that only the Holy Spirit can tell me. And once I realize that this, that he's renewing my mind, Revelations chapter two, I'm sorry, Romans 12, one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed out of the renewing of your mind. And most of us, the only thing that we think that can renew our mind is to go read the Bible. Sure, that will help, but the Holy Spirit is the one. He's the teacher. He's the one on the inside of you. Saying, Julius, look at, look at it this way. When you're dealing with your wife, look at her this way. When you're dealing with this person, look at it this way. When you're dealing with this circumstance and this situation in your life, look at it this way. I want to lead and guide you into all truth. I want you to depend on me. And we said, no, no, no. Prove it to me in the Bible. I cannot prove to you in the Bible where you should live and where you shouldn't live, who you should marry and who you should not marry, what job to take and what job not to take. I cannot tell you from the Bible when you're dealing with your children and you're in a crisis situation and you need a word from God, you need it from the Holy Spirit. The Bible is just a guide to lead us to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ain't leading us to the Bible. Why? Because the final authority is not the word of God. The final word is the living word of God, the Holy Spirit that's living on the inside of you. The part, let me just drop this in on you. You know, Genesis through Malachi never changed. The same scripture that Paul used to persecute the church. He was on his way to get watching Stephen getting stoned. Those scriptures never change. They're still in Genesis through Malachi. 
What changed? How Paul saw God changed. That's what changed. How Paul saw God changed. And that's why he said, I, I get Paul saying, I'm ready to argue scripture with you. See, when you're dealing in general, most of the time it's preachers. They, they want to they argue scripture. But when you take scripture out of a preacher's hand and say, what does your spirit say? A lot of times, a lot, they don't even know what to do. What do you mean what my spirit say? I, I, I want to show it to you in the Bible. No, what does your spirit say? What is your spirit saying about how you treat gays? Well, well, I, well, the Bible says this. No, 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 no. If one of them was your brother, I'm talking about your biological brother and your biological sisters, what does the love on the inside of you say how you should treat your homosexual brother, your homosexual sister? I'm talking about your personal home, your homosexual child. How should you treat them? Should you treat them any differently than you would anybody else? Don't, don't, don't pick up the Bible. Go inside of here. Someone you birthed. Someone that called you daddy. Someone that called you mama. What should you do? You love them. I said you love them. You don't come against them. You love them like you would any other your child. But but, but the church, oh man. Oh man, we 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 made them. We're gonna get them. Wait, 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 wait. Like this is how you minister to this person. You know, I, I hear this stuff on radio. This is how you minister to Jehovah's Witness. This is how you minister to a homosexual. This is how you minister to a Jew. Well, this is how you minister. In other words, this is how you deal with people who are not like us because, you know, God is for us and God is against everybody else. Paul in his transformation, Paul says, wait a minute. I see God totally different. I see no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. I see no difference between the bond, the slave and the free. I see us all as one in Christ Jesus. I see no, I see no separation. Wait a minute. I don't see any. God is for us and against them. Paul said in this transformation that I went through, I see them all the same. They killed him for that, too. <laughs> they came against him. Paul has lost his mind. That stuff Paul is teaching has, man, where did he get this from? We're God's chosen people. No, Paul went back to get a revelation of who God was before the world began. And when God created the world, he said, let us make all man in my image and after my life. All and God had never changed his mind because of behavior. We change our minds about people. We categorize people. Uh, we compare people. Paul, even in his writing, he said, don't compare yourself to anybody else. What's the danger of comparing yourself to someone else? You, you, whenever you compare yourself to anybody, you attach value to that person. When I'm not like them, what are you saying? I'm more valuable than they are. That's what you're saying. That's what you do. Well, we're like this, and, and you all are like this, and, 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 and we believe this, and you, and what are you doing? You attach value to the people that are different from you, and you don't give them the same value. You lower the value. And when you lower your value, it doesn't matter what you say about them, and it doesn't matter how you treat them. 
Why? Because they're not as valuable as you are. Paul had this revelation, the same people that he wanted to kill. He now sees the value in them through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. He now sees value in all people, all people. And he began to treat them that way. And Paul began in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13. I love 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And Paul in his writing to the Corinthians church in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. And he said, now I want to show you a more excellent way. I love that scripture. And now let me show you a more excellent way. In Hebrews, he calls it the new and living way. And in 1 Corinthians, he leaves 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and he goes to 1 Corinthians 13, and he's telling them this revelation of love that he had received from the from Jesus Christ when he was up in Arabia. And he said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. One translation said, I'm a useless nobody. I am a useless nobody if I don't know how to love people. In other words, I see everybody with the same value. And I need to tell people, God is not mad at you about anything. God is not upset with you about anything. God is not angry at you about, he's not an angry God. Well, hold it, pastor, hold it. The book of Revelation says Jesus is going to get him. And I need to let them know that Jesus is going to get them. I'm going to ask you a question. Don't go to the Bible. Go inside the spirit of God That's on the that you say lives on the inside of you. It's going to be a hard question. Would you put gasoline in a swimming pool and set it on fire? And then do what they say they're going to do in Revelation. No, no, don't go to the Bible. Go inside of you. You say God lives on the inside of you. The God in me can't do that. Well, then what do I do with the scripture? Maybe you need to get rid of the scripture. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Again, you put the scripture above the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit say? The Holy Spirit is God's final authority. I say the Holy Spirit is God's final authority. And that's what rubs, especially preachers, this rubs them the long, the right way because this Bible is what they use for control and manipulation. That's what the Bible's for. That's what a lot of them, not everybody. Hey, this is this is how I this is how I tell you how to do it my way. And this is also how I tell you not to do it their way, because one of my goals is to get you to keep coming, listening to me and for you to keep coming, listen to me. I, I, I need you. No. But what is your spirit say? What does your spirit say? Let me say this before I go about 10 minutes. Can you stand this? God didn't change how Paul saw God. I'm sorry. God didn't change how Paul saw God change. And, and I wrote down some of the changes that he saw in God. He didn't get it out of the Bible. This is just the Holy Spirit said, Paul, you need to change the way you think. If you're going to follow, if you're going to be this new creation in Christ Jesus, you're going to have to change the way that you see God. You're going to have to stop believing that God is a, a God of law and punishment and start believing that he's a God of love and forgiveness. 
That's what the Holy Spirit is sharing with Paul. You're going to have to stop thinking that God is a God of law and punishment, but he's a God of love and forgiveness. You're going to have to stop looking at sin as a crime, but see it as a sickness that needs to be healed. Sin is not a crime that needs to be punished. Sin is a sickness that needs to be healed. You have to stop thinking that God is just for Jews. And realize that God is for the whole world and God is not against anyone. You got to change the way you think, Paul. If you're going to be this new creation and walk in this new creation. You have to understand, Paul. You got to become colorblind. I say you got to become colorblind. You got to stop seeing black and white. In the United States of America, Christians, you got to stop seeing people as Republican or Democrats. You got to stop thinking that somehow God blessed America and didn't bless anybody other country on the planet. Go inside yourself. Does that make any sense? Why would God just bless the United States of America and this and this wonderful republic, but everybody else is, is second to us when he created all of us? And you know deep down inside that's not true. You know it's not true. You know America, in a lot of cases, don't represent God even the founding fathers and what they were doing to a whole race of people enslaving them. You know that that wasn't God. And yet they built the holy, they built a great portion of the economy of the, and the wealth of this United States was built on the backs of people that look like me. You know that, you know, deep down inside that that was wrong. And that wasn't God. He said, you're going to have to renew your mind. You're going to have to renew your mind. You have to stop seeing. <laughs> you have to stop seeing God as uh, to be righteous. you got to somehow have this right behavior. You have to see your righteousness as given to you, afforded to you through Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans, through one man, sin entered the world. But through one man, we became righteous. <coughs> You have to stop seeing God as a God of judgment to a God of love. When you become a new creation, you've got to stop seeing God as this God of judgment and he's, and he's waiting to get you and he's going to whack you. You have to see him as a God of love and forgiveness. All throughout Jesus, he tells these stories, the prodigal son coming back home. The father was there just waiting for him. He's just waiting for him. And when he showed up, he did not punish him when he showed up. He celebrated him. We have to become a Christ-centered, not a Moses-centered, not even a Bible-centered. We have to become Christ-centered. Everything starts and stops with Jesus Christ. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Everything else is to support what Jesus did. And we look at everything through the eyes of Jesus Christ. That's how we see things. Everything that we see, we see it through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of us is constantly leading us and guiding us to see things through the eyes of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a new creation in Jesus Christ.
It's not about elevating me. It's about elevating him. It's not about me leaving my legacy. You hear that a lot. What are you going to leave as your legacy? Uh, my legacy is to build on Jesus Christ's legacy. Not that I get everything I want. It's that God get what he wants. That's what it means to be this new creation. I am totally sold out for the cause of Christ. I'm not, a, I'm not sold out for some political agenda. I am sold out for some racial agenda. I'm sold out for Christ. And in that agenda with Christ, you'll find that I'm here for the suffering. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, when I'm sick, I need you to visit me. When I'm hungry, I need you to, to feed me. When I'm in prison, I, I, I need you to come visit me. I'm suffering. And I need my followers to come suffer me. And they said, Jesus, when were you ever in that situation? He says, I personally, I wasn't. But those that follow me and those that are in the world, they will be in that position. And I need you to care about them. That's what it means to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Paul, the first thing he did, oh, man, five minutes and I'll be through. Paul prayed that people would get spiritual understanding. He didn't say, uh, go get an understanding of the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Aramaic. He didn't say, understand all of the translations of the Bible. He said, he prayed uh, in Ephesians 1, 15 through 19. He says this, therefore, I also, I after heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? What that mighty power is, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, that you be rooted and grounded in love so that you can understand the height, the width, the breadth, and the depth of Jesus Christ, so that you can be rooted and grounded in love, because that's where the power of God is. And then he said, you will be able to do, once you're operating in this love, then God could use you to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine, according to the power that's working in you. What is the understood subject of that passage of Ephesians chapter 3? The understood subject is love. And he says, I want you to walk in that power. Look, I'm out of time, man. I'm stirred up today when I begin to talk about who we really are in Christ Jesus and how it has been weaponized. We have taken this Bible, man, and it's just a weapon. Let me prove I'm right. Whenever you use this Bible to prove that you're right and somebody else is wrong, it's just a weapon now. It's not a weapon of love. Because love doesn't have to prove itself right. When you treat people with love, they will know that you're right. So let me prove you right. And I'm, man, that, that, it's so tiring. God's got to be so tired of people using that for the Bible. We got solid teaching. Well, you, you just declared yourself as a solid teacher. Uh, other folks over there, they disagree with you. They don't look at your teaching as solid. 
and right and all of that other stuff. But they'll never deny your love for them. They'll never deny how you treat them. They'll never deny that. I hope this has been a blessing to you. If it just has, hit like and share. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Uh, we're here every Thursday at um, at 10.30 a.m. And we're just here to be a blessing. Uh, God has shown me some things that uh, is really a blessing in my life. Like I was telling a friend of mine a week or so ago, you know, I, I am more committed to Christ than I've ever been. And I'm in more in love with Christ and I'm, I'm falling, continue to fall more in love with people than I've ever have. And that's because I don't use this as a weapon against people. I use this book for only one reason, to love people. See you next time. Let me pray with you before we go. Father, we just thank you and praise you for all those. I pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may know the hope of your calling in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you. See you next time.